Another week of fun-filled conversation is here, and this week's topic, it couldn't be any better. It couldn't be any more interesting, well, at least for the people who have good music taste. But anyway, I hope that's all of you. The debate is Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid Mad City and J. Cole's Forest Hills Drive, two amazing projects that exemplify the best of what rap has to offer, navigating the complexities and pitfalls of the hood for Kendrick and contemplating the differences between living a glamorous, extravagant life and a more humble, appreciative one in J. Cole's project. It's it's such a good discussion, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Disagree, agree with some of the points we made, so sit back, relax, and listen to us discuss. And don't forget to give this episode a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to it on. And without further ado, episode 26 of The Trans. Welcome to the transition episode 26. Alex Caprinci, Dimitri Williams, back in the studio once again. Alex, how are we feeling we're today? Back. How are we doing? This week has been. <laughs> this week has been garbage. I'm ready for the weekend. That's all I'm going to say. This weekend has been so garbage. I don't know why. I, I'm not sure what's going wrong. <laughs> it was four days, too, which was the crazy thing, but it felt like at least seven. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. This the Monday through Friday this week was just like putting me in a chokehold and just not letting me go just like body slamming me all the wwe moves you can think of or wwf with whichever you prefer like Anything. it was just it was just destroying me um yeah. but we have weekend. exactly we have reached say. friday we have reached the podcast so we we survived we made it um and hopefully you guys are doing all right out there as well staying safe staying sanitized all that good stuff keep your um, purell uh keep your purell locked and loaded <laughs> you have to you have to in this climate um but yeah, we have a really cool episode today. Um, I don't think we've ever done anything like this on any previous episodes, which is which it's kind of crazy. Like it feels like we should have done this before, like with yeah. two artists or two songs or two albums or whatever. But we're gonna be directly comparing two projects: 2012 Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City, his second album, I believe. I think he had like a mixtape or two before that, but his second fully, you know, fledged album. And 2014, Four Sills Drive by none other than J. Cole, which I believe is what, his third album, Ooh. I want to say? I think it's his second, yeah, third studio album behind, uh, behind Born, Born Sinner. Sinner. Okay, and got Sideline, you. And Sideline Story. Exactly. Okay, got you. So, and... Um, and J. Cole's third project or third album. So it's pretty, uh, pretty comparable in terms of, of where it, the, each of these placed in their careers time-wise and time uh, physically in, in time as well. I mean, it's only two years apart, um, the releases. And they both made waves. They both, I think, in a way, kind of put each of them on the map. I think uh, Born Sinner kind of put J. Cole on the map as well. But when he came back out with this, with no features or nothing, and he just, like, killed it, I think that really put him over the top. And then Good Kid Mad City was just like... I mean, we're going to get into that. It was a, it was a wave. Exactly. Um, but before we dive into that, we are going to talk about some more current music, uh, which Give is me that Detroit Two. <laughs> Detroit Two by Big Sean. I don't I think this is maybe like his fourth or fifth album. Uh, and I believe this one comes not. I, I think there was Four one too many. Oh, my God. I think <laughs> this one comes. I think there was something in between Dark Sky Paradise and this. I can't remember what it was, though. Let me see. I'm taking a look at his discography now. Yeah, if you want to look through and, and fact check me. But Detroit 2, it was it's been out for about a week and a half now, I want to say maybe around 10 days. Uh, I gave it a listen. Alex gave it a listen or two. And I don't know, just to start off and let me preface this. My my opinions on Big Sean, he's a good artist. I'll say that just right off the top. But for me, he's just he just isn't one of my favorites. Like I just don't like really listening to him. He falls in kind of like that chance to rapper category for me where it's like, I understand that he's good. I understand that he's talented. Uh, and I respect the fact that he can make solid, solid music and he has a great following. Like let's like, he's a big artist. Like let's not get that confused. Um, and he's definitely made hits, but for me, it's just, he doesn't really do it for me. The things that he says doesn't really penetrate um, for whatever pause. reason. Pause, big pause. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but and I, don't, I don't really know why I'm not really sure what about him just isn't clicking but it just it just never really has so I was thinking like everyone was so excited for Detroit too I'm not sure because this has been a weak music year but everyone was super excited so I was like all right let me get super excited as well and let me check it out and overall I felt disappointment Sounds I don't know right. yeah do, do you agree with that yeah I think we can both agree that uh Big Sean is a good technical rapper but i don't think i think there's a big difference between 
technical skills and what makes a good artist too. Like I almost think calling somebody like Sean an artist is a little bit of a disservice to the actual uh, artists that make hip hop. Do you know what I mean? Interesting. So you'll say he's more of just a rapper rather than an artist. Eminem, you, that kind of that kind of thing. Really good technical uh, wordsmith. And this is the same complaint that I had with the Logic Project, which mm-hmm. I think really good rapper, not a great artist. And I think that's what kind of makes these albums flop a little bit for me. And the funny thing was, I feel like, I mean, I'll, it's there's a lot of songs on this album. Like, if if nothing else, I give him that that he really it seems to put put a lot of time into this one um he's not the type of artist that just like releases an album every single year which i appreciate because i mean i don't think you can really put together a really really good body of work every single year you kind of gotta stew a little bit you gotta grow to really you know be able to put out something that's gonna supersede what you put out before so good on him for taking his time and, and building up this collection of work but to me it just came across as more of a playlist rather than an album you know i didn't really I didn't really feel too much flow from one song to the other. I mean, sonically I did, but in terms of themes and lyrical content, it just wasn't really there. And when I, you know, juxtapose this with some of the other albums I've been listening to recently, which I mean, it kind of does, it's kind of not fair to Big Sean because I've been listening to some really good albums, but you know, 444 by Jay-Z, I was listening to um, 2014 Forest Hills Drive, Good, Good Kid, Mad City, as I was talking about. And it's just like, you see those, you know, top tier both lyrically artists you know as an artist they 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 just hit every single note um and then you come back to this album and i'm like it's okay <laughs> you know it's all right it's very very decent <laughs> um and it, it i don't know it just left me wanting more and it just left me overall very disappointed and it was too long i i keep saying this i feel like with so many albums that come out nowadays it's just too too long like I understand that people really don't buy albums as much anymore and streaming is like, you know, a big deal now, especially with touring not going on. But it's it like you can't put out a 22 or however long this album was album. Like it's just too much music at one time. Like you easily could have split this up into, you know, maybe a more R&B, soulful kind of funk centric album boom put that one over there and then something that's more rap big boy talk etc put that one over there or release an ep like you know that's it, it it just didn't feel like an album it wasn't cohesive enough and it didn't tell a tight enough story i mean he talks about some themes on here he talks about you know betrayal he talks about growth he talks about gratefulness he talks about all these all these different things um and and his growth as a person which is cool um, but for someone who might like myself, who's not really invested in Big Sean's story, it's kind of like, eh. but I mean, I could still appreciate it. But overall, it just it just felt very flat to me. I don't know. I, I mean, th- those are overall my feelings, to be honest with you. Like there wasn't many songs on this one that was memorable. I mean, the one with Nipsey Hussle was amazing. I will say that. But I think that was because it was, you know, Nipsey Hussle. <laughs> and then um, the skit he had with Dave Chappelle was also very good. Um, he, I believe he had a song with Anderson Pac on here that was cool. Um, and you know, a few others here and there, but overall the album is just, it's just forgettable. And as we talk about so much on this podcast, like it's about re listenability. If I can create that word, it's about, can you come back to this, you know, a year, two years, three years later and still want to listen. And I am not going to be doing that with this album. I won't be coming back to this next week. Um, so that, that's my thoughts. I I ran it for a little bit, but I'll let you go. Yeah. This album was pretty bad. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I think you really hit the nail on the head in that listenability, almost zero. And once again, I kind of come back with this complaint, I feel like, every week. But it just felt soulless, once again. I didn't take anything away from this album. I didn't learn a whole lot about Big Sean on this album. And what I did, I honestly don't care. Because <laughs> like Dimitri said earlier, I could care less about Big Sean, really, as a person. And what he has to say about himself a lot of different things yeah yeah i just don't think it makes for very compelling content and i think the other thing that i think would have been nice and actually what had me excited for this album was sean's kind of been going through an interesting period in his life he just he recently broke up and then uh got back together with janae uh last name thank you can never remember that but there it is there it is Uh, recently just got back together with her and he released a song last year called single again which was a single which i was hoping would be on this project and i was really interested if we could get kind of this softer version of big sean where we could get an introspective relationship type project where we could build from 
what he was feeling as basically being single, feeling lost, being alone, and then build up and culminate with getting back together with Janae and kind of the emotions and all that emotional roller coaster that he must have went through. Yes, all the entanglements and kind of feeling the entanglements. (laughs) Shout out Will Smith that go along with uh, that go along with that. So. And that's not what I got. And the other thing is, and Dimitri, I don't know if you can kind of agree with this. I do not enjoy trap Big Sean at all. No, no, yeah. <laughs> I don't either. Um, his trap sound doesn't do it for me. I'm trying to think what do- I don't know. I'm not even sure what does do it for me with Big Sean. I'm did not sure like, where he's uh, at his best. Yeah. Did you like like one man could save the world like that kind of uh, vibe or no? Not really. Not really, actually. Um, Interesting. And in, in my opinion, it's too like sing songy for me for him. I should say that he doesn't really have the vocals enough to to move me. It's like he should just kind of be more of a straightforward lyricist, you know, that type of almost like the logic type, but I mean at the same time we 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 know how we feel about the logic types. Like they they both are interesting and not that interesting at the same time. Yes. Um I think in overall I would say he has more lyrical um or or more thematic power than than logic i would say he he, t- he touches on some themes that are um are a little bit more interesting and kind of penetrate a little bit deeper uh but i, I just keep i just keep putting my foot in my mouth <laughs> over and over the look alex is giving me right now he's just like whoa um, penetrate deeper <laughs> how could i um how could i say that <laughs> um but i don't Keep know going, my bad no nah, i'm just gonna end it there i i, I don't know we're whatever done reason, Transition we're, we're done. episode 25 is over all right 10 <laughs> minutes and 39 seconds um but no it, it's just not it's not doing it for me and uh, like i said with him singing isn't doing it for me either so it's, it's like good. i don't even he know when he's sing. at his best no he can't um which is okay like there's a lot of artists that sing who can't necessarily sing and it still at least sounds good yeah. Um. But I don't think he's he's one of those. I don't know. I, and it's funny because I liked kind of Dark Sky Paradise. I'm not really sure why. Now that I'm thinking back, like now I need to kind of go look back into that and be like, uh, why did I like this? Um. But it's just I don't know. Like I said, it just fell very flat, and it didn't um it didn't fill that that musical void. I think that I was lacking this year. Um. Somewhat. Uh, for a, a decent amount, I will say. We still haven't gotten a ton of music, even at this point in the year. And that's so many other people were. I'm not sure what, you know, the critics are giving this, but, I mean, I'm probably leaving this one at, like, a 5 out of 10. It's it's not really – it's not doing it for me. I, yeah. I could barely make it through the track list. I think this is, yeah, 5, four out of, five out of 10, 4 out of 10. Mediocre playlist, basically, is what I would mm. say, with almost no playback value. I really do like the uh, the Guard Your Heart track, though. Mm. Primarily because the Wale verse is crazy on there. I mean, we all know a Wale verse is going to get you to like <laughs> any song, so I, I'm I'm not really surprised to be honest with you. Um, but I respect it. I respect it. Hey, Did you make it like I said, the, there were some gems on here. Did you make it through that Friday night cipher track either? No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that, I remember you told me to listen to it, and I was just like, that thing was ten minutes long. <sighs> and that's put, at the end of the album. <laughs> like that's 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 maybe like third or fourth from the end of this album and it's just like the third to last song i'm not listening to that like no i barely got it to this point in the album already and you want me to listen to it like come on dude um so it's it, it wasn't doing it for me i'm not sure do you want to give your rating before we move on i think a solid five out of ten i think this is on par with what logic put at least in my opinion what logic put out earlier I would year. put Logic's album a little bit higher than I this. Think I think I, I put it at too. like a, a six or a seven. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is better. Um, maybe just because it was shorter, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I could actually get through the entire thing. Um, and just overall, I picked up on the wordplay and the themes and the things that Logic were trying was trying to discuss a little bit easier than I did with Big Sean. Like I said, overall, I think Big Sean covers more interesting subject matter, but at the same time, it gets lost sometimes. I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I have a bad ear. I don't know. No, I don't know. I but mean, it just no, wasn't there. I, I think I enjoyed the Logic album more than this. <laughs> so each each week, the Logic album is growing more and more on um, Alex, which we love to see. No idea. We Logic stands love to see it. No, I'm kidding. I'm not a Logic stand. Anyway, we are going to talk about two artists now. Now yeah. we now we got Detroit out of the way. Now we're going to talk about two artists that we do stand heavily, heavily stand. Um, which is Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole. So Can I ask a question before we start? Yeah, go ahead. Where is uh where is Kendrick all time, in your opinion? At least top five. Top five? At least. I, I, I mean, was gonna put him top three. Which I was, is probably I mean, yeah. di- which is probably disrespectful to a lot of the uh the Nas, Biggie, Hove. I mean 
he's as good as those people though. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like his pen is as good as any of those people that you mentioned. I put Andre and Hove in front of him and that's it. Oh really? But, okay. Interesting. Um do you think that's gonna change soon? I don't think so. I think well I Or I is that on- just like all time cemented like Andre is the GOAT? I put Andre, the- I was gonna say I put Andre at one. So yeah, I don't think that's gonna I don't think Kendrick could really release anything that i think would change that i think he could pass hove but i think andre 3000 i think is he the could pass. if he time. stays on this current path i think he could pass but the thing is hove has a longevity too he's like a lebron like he's, he's just like he's been going this, forever yeah. forever i mean this is crazy like 20 odd years of releasing really good music it's hard to kind of catch up to um especially now i feel like artists are less prolific now especially someone like kendrick like he drops an amazing project and he's like all right see you for three years which is fine i mean he comes back with something that's amazing it was worth the wait but i don't know just when you compare like body body of work like if i have hove over here with like 10 albums that are like nine and above (laughs) i have you know kendrick's three or four which are like tens it's like it's kind of a pick 'em, like when you when you think of it that way but Anyway, yeah, I I put him top ten easily or top five easily. I'm sorry. Is Cole up there too, or no? Just for interest. Not quite. Yeah. Not quite. Okay. Um, Cole, he's probably knocking on the door for top ten. I think. Um, I I need I need one more really good project for me to put him over the rest of the uh the the rest of the field a little bit. But he's up there for me. Um, personally, I I love J Cole. I think um both what he does away from and on the mic is really cool. I love his creative spirit and I've really got and I think this is the advantage that he has kind of coming up in this generation along with a lot of other other artists. You get to see so much of his creative process through video and interviews and all that type of stuff. So I feel very connected to him as an artist. Um so yeah, I, I do have some cold bias, but, you know, that's fine. Everybody has their bias that they have. I was going to say, you know how I feel. <laughs> well, we know how you feel. Um, but, yeah, so so Cole's kind of knocking on that top 10 door for me, which is which is really dope. Hopefully hopefully he gets there. Um, just give me that fall off. We're, we're, the fall off is going to be um, it's it's going to be telling us to whether or not he's going to be taking that next step to like, OK, like he's here, like he is one of the greats for real, for real. Or whether it's like, OK, he's only 30. Give him some more time. You know, maybe he can he can still pull it out because I mean, overall he he released a decent amount of music, but his his catalog isn't crazy. I mean, yeah, and I don't want to get too too sidetracked either, but I think I just wanted to ask you one more question, and that do you think his music would benefit from features? I know, and I do get the whole no feature kind of vibe, but I was I was just thinking and listening to some tracks the other day, and I was if he had put like Ari Lennox on a hook instead of him singing or something, I just think it could it could really make his albums have kind of that much more sonic depth than I think they already have. But I'd be interested to hear kind of what you, what you're thinking. No, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, that's to me, that's like a, that's that. I, I don't think you can argue that. Like if it's for a reason he's doing it for, which is like, you know, just to kind of prove himself and hone his own musical ability, then okay, that's fine. But like, you're never going to convince me that Cole's going to be able to sing better than someone who's yeah. bread and butter is singing. It's just not going to happen. Um, which is fine. Like, same thing, like, Jay-Z can't sing. Jay-Z can't sing at all. Um, and, like, then uh, we're talking about him and, you know, top three, top five rappers of all time because that's what we know him for is his rapping ability. Like, we're never going to think back of Cole and be like, you know, he really could sing. Like, it's, it's it, I don't think that's ever going to be something he on his resume. He could harmonize beautifully. He could, he could really harmonize. Um, no, we're never going to be saying that. But what I will be saying that his production is pretty dope. Um, I think over the past few years, especially with Return of the Dreamers, with um, KOD, with some of the singles he's released, he's shown that, all right, like he, he can produce songs for real, you know um, what I, which is oh, dope. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but you know what I do want, though, is that I think I, I love Return of the Dreamers and I loved hearing Cole, especially with other artists, but I would like him to include, I think, other rappers on kind of thematic album so that i can hear other artists kind of tackle the same themes that cole wants mm. to tackle because i think that's just got a little bit more depth and kind of hop on this track have fun and just go with it so yeah, i, I, I kind of yeah i kind of miss that but i'm hoping that the fall off will maybe be a little bit of a sidestep for cole and he can start including some of the jids of the world i would love to hear earth Gang and cole once again kind of hop on a track but so i don't know I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, but to get kind of uh, to, to to recalibrate a little bit towards back what it we, up. <laughs> to back it up, um, get into what we really want to discuss. Um, 
which album do you want to take? I feel like I can discuss either one because the way we're going to do this, we're kind of just going to, I mean, we're going to talk about the albums overall, of course, um, but we kind of wanted to pick maybe, you know, three, four songs from East that we think are kind of like the pinnacle of each album and kind of dissect those and kind of cross-examine them a little bit. I feel like there's a lot of similarities between these two albums, which is really cool. Um, both, like I said, in the time that they were released, where it was for the artist in terms of their career, um, and themes as well. So which, whichever one you want to take, I'm cool with. But I think we, I think originally I said I was going to do J. Cole, but are you still cool with doing Kendrick? I'm fine. Yeah. And I think we can kind of cross over a little bit too. I think once, I think there's going to be some interesting conversation that kind yeah. of <laughs> da, right. delves into different uh, lanes than what we originally wanted. But Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I'll start off. So 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Um, I think I've I've said that enough times for this podcast. So for me, where I mean the intro was was cool, but for me, where it really kind of, I mean, it, it kind of takes off right from the beginning with January 28th. Um, very and throughout this entire album, very melodic, very relaxed, reminiscing just on his past of being in North Carolina and where he is now. Um, it was his that that's the his birth date as well. And pe- some people were saying it was a callback to Jay-Z's Black album of how the second song on that album was Jay-Z's birthday, I think, December 9th. Um, so a, a little nod there because we all know that J, um, J. Cole is a big Ho fan, of course. Um, but I wouldn't put January 28th in the top tier of this. I think it really he it, and which I love. I love when albums hit their peak within like the first two to three songs. Like, don't make me have to dig four songs into this four or five songs into this album to get to like the best songs or, or one of the best songs. Um, and Wet Dreams, I think everyone most people should know what the song is already because it was just it was so big when it uh, when it came out and it was one of the ones that was on replay but just visually and how vivid it was it it was crazy I mean he's talking about and and I think this was and me and Alex were talking about this before we started we think overall storytelling wise Kendrick gets the nod like he is the, the the better storyteller but on this one I think he hit that Kendrick level with just how easy that's the thing it's just how easy he was doing it it felt like of just painting this picture for you of him being in his cl- being in his classroom, um, dreaming, fantasizing about this girl, finally getting to talk to her, um, going through the motions, going through the motions, and then understanding like, wait, like, why am I putting all this pressure on myself? Why am I putting all this pressure on her to be some something that she's not, and for me to be something I'm not? When like that's just not us. That's not me. That's not who I am. Um, and it just it, it has a very sarcastic kind of ending and a very ironic kind of ending, which is which is great. Um, and it, it's just, it's overall, it's just a great song. It's a great song, song that's so, so relatable. It's so real. I was just about to say the same thing. Like you it's, can, all, you can just put yourself in like a college classroom or something looking over your shoulder and just, exactly, exactly. Alex has found himself in this position many a time <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he just really can relate. You can see his face right now. Um, the real is back. The villa is back. Right. <laughs> Low bananas. <laughs> Peeled Peel his back. <laughs> Um, uh, no, but it's, it's, it's a great song. And if I had to compare it, um, not to steal your shine at all, but this is like his version of Shireen, AKA master splinter's daughter, right? Like great take. it's, 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 it's par- The parallels are there. Of course, Kendrick does it in that rougher, darker where, way where he ends it, where it's a sarcastic kind of twist and ironic twist, but it's a dangerous one, right? Now he's gotten himself into something where he might get killed. Um, whereas Cole is kind of just like, and then I realized that I shouldn't have been doing that. On to the next song. And I think that's very indicative of the difference between these two albums. The stakes are so much higher in Compton for Kendrick um, than they are in North Carolina for Cole. It feels like whether that whether or not that's the truth, you know, we can debate um, all day, but from what these albums gave me, it's just like, man, where Kendrick's life was just like, you don't know what was going to happen. Um, and whereas J. Cole's, I think, was a little bit more down to earth, a little bit more understandable. And I think that's another theme of this album that he wasn't running from is that like, OK, I did make it out the hood. We went to Forest Hills Drive where we had this house with a, a you know, a, a yard and, and multiple bedrooms, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. So Wet Dreams, I will say, is is his first where he really struck out on this album. And I was like, wow, this is going to be crazy. Um, so if you want to pick up one off good kid, we can, we can keep it going. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because even kind of looking through this track list again and, uh, re-listening to it last night, you could almost pick any song off this album and kind of say it's the seminal, uh, moment on this project. There's not one that Kendrick doesn't let his foot off the gas at all on this entire album it's hit after hit after bar after bar and 
it just doesn't stop. But I think if I had to point to one to start, which is tough because it starts "Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe," Backstreet Backstreet Freestyle, Shireen. <laughs> but I think I think the art of peer pressure. I do want to yes. start with, and I think this is the this is the track that I think best not best illustrates, but really illustrates the difference between what Kendrick Lamar has to offer and what J Cole has to offer, and it really points to this rugged but also cinematic perspective that I think mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar does better than anybody else. He paints this like Martin Scorsese movie type picture. And I we've used movie a lot in I think in the previous podcast, but I think the only way to describe this album is <laughs> it's cinematic. Like and it's not even an album. And you said this before we started almost it's it's almost criminal to call this music because it's yeah. clearly so much more than that. They should make a movie out of this album, like maybe like a three-part like miniseries or something. Like this is too good to just be like I have to picture this in my mind. I'm mean, we do a great job of doing it cuz that's how good the album is, but like yes. this should have been on a screen just so you could really get the full experience because it's just so it's 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 excellent. But yeah. go ahead. You know, you close your eyes and Kendrick puts you in the back of this car. And I think you really have to listen to the intricacies of even what he's doing in the background of the track. Kendrick's doing all this kind of he's noises, car sound, every, this whole kind of big picture just adds up to this incredible work that just goes so far beyond music. So I guess that's kind of what I have to say. And I think it's kind of the key contrast to the two albums cole is kind of this squeaky clean and i don't want to say squeaky clean because i think he portrays fayetteville in a very specific light but kendrick kendrick looks at compton very differently i think and not necessarily more cynically because i think on tracks like money trees he kind of shows that there's two options within mm-hmm. within this city that he's coming from he can escape or he can kind of go down this path of self-destruction but i think kendrick much more vividly outlines the pitfalls that can come along with growing up where where he grew up so i don't know if you have anything to add to that but i I do actually i was gonna say i feel like the one thing just to add on to that point i feel like compton it's very much the way kendrick paints it's just like this is compton all right this is what it is overall it's relatable because he makes it relatable for you so you can understand where he's coming from you can understand the stories he's telling but Overall, I I can't really see that happening anywhere else the way he painted that album. But J. Cole, I'm like, okay, like Philadelphia is kind of like that. Like Chicago is kind of like that. New York is kind of like that. You know, you can kind of it's it's very like I said, it's very relatable and I and transferable to a lot of different instances. But, you know, the, the unique situations that, you know, Kendrick found himself in, he makes them almost feel like it's exclusive to Compton, which it's not. Of course, it's, it's definitely not. But it's just feels that way when you're listening yeah. to the album and it's like it's like he was in a different universe like the way he he described what this place was what it was like um and what it did to him um you know both physically mentally emotionally etc 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 um and like and like you were saying that is a very big difference yeah. um so let me let me retort <laughs> with the uh, the next song on the album the very next song actually, actually on uh Forest Hills Drive 03 Adolescence another another excellent excellent song from a storytelling visualization perspective long story short in this one i mean you guys should have heard this by now this album has been out for like six years but long story short um it's it's basically j cole starting at the the beginning of the song you know upset you know i need something new or i need i I wish i had the newest sneakers i wish i had the flyest girl i wish i had these things you know these materialistic unnecessary things that would prove him to be prove his worth basically um and as the song progresses and he's understanding you know he, he's trying to think of different ways to make money like how can i make money he's seeing his friend like oh he's he's selling drugs on the side to make extra money maybe i should start doing that maybe he needs to put me on um and by the end of the song his friend is looking at him like why would you ever want to do what i'm doing where i know this is a dead end and it's just so it hits so hard because it's like you know the the kid in that situation realizes his his circumstance and, and just to compare this to good kid mad city it's it's the the friends that j cole had or at least this specific friend was very self-aware where the people that kendrick was interested in and hanging out with weren't self-aware at all you know they weren't thinking about consequences in the future whereas in 03 adolescence j cole's you know i don't i don't think he names him he he was thinking about those type of things he was looking at cole like don't you understand the bigger picture don't you understand that this isn't like there's more to life than this 
Um, and that realization smacks him in the face and he understands that, you know, I, I should be grateful. I have everything I want. Um, and I should appreciate that. And like, that's one of the overarching themes of this album, gratefulness, um, loving yourself, loving the people around you and knowing that that's enough, that you don't necessarily need all these other flashy things. Um, and I think good kid, Matt city towards the end starts to, to touch on, on themes and, and things uh, of that nature as well. Especially when you think of, I, I believe it was mad kid. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I believe it was um, or Mad City, my mistake, yeah. um, where he touched on that. I believe that was the one where they were doing like the robbery and he was kind of like commentating through it of like, oh, you know, we I, I, I just stole this stuff. And it, and in the end, they did get away. But it was it was luck was the reason they got away. It wasn't, you know, any sort of amazing planning or anything like that. But then, you know, the realization sets in of like, why did I do that? I didn't need to do that at all. Um, it was completely unnecessary. But, you know, that's that's O3 Adolescence in a nutshell. Another amazing song off this album. Um and it trust me it doesn't slow down from here like there's i'm gonna i'm not gonna say every single song of course i'm maybe gonna pick two or two more but it's just like once it hits like i mean honestly once it hits january 28th and it goes to wet dreams um oh three it just keeps going like saint tropes um g-o-m-d it's there's just it's it's just a lot of good songs fire squad did you like saint tropez just for interest there's a lot of people that have mixed feelings about that yeah it's a great song i mean if you read the genius lyrics behind that like i did last night it's an excellent song. It's it's an excellent song. Um, and the duality of that is very interesting as well, which I'm going to get into. But I'll let you um, I'll let you go. Uh, yeah, I think it's weird because on this project, I didn't really even understand originally a lot of the crossovers as far as pop appeal that Kendrick Kendrick went for pop crossover while almost almost making probably one of the hardest albums of all time. He has a Drake feature and it's still very vivid and very real and doesn't it gets feel... lost on this album like i don't even care about that drake feature at all i love that drake feature poetic justice is insane but yeah. i want to i want to get almost to the i think probably the best one of the best features of the 2000s which is this j-rock uh, yes feature yes on money trees uh best, I, best feature he's probably ever done ever ever I, it's the best feature i've heard probably in rap from 2010 to 2020 and it good. fit perfectly that's one of those songs too that i remember so vividly seeing live and j-rock was not there to do the feature but mm. hearing kendrick do that track in person i don't know it was just it's crazy it was a yeah it's a different kind of emotional uh connection but i think this track in a lot of ways exemplifies uh a couple of the major thematic points that Kendrick wants to hit on the album and that I think he's trying to say really that you can have as much money in the world, but it's only going to provide uh, short-term protection for all of your trials and tribulations that you have to go through. And regardless of if you have this money tree over you or not, you're not just going to be sitting back on your beach chair for the rest of your life and living out your life happy. And these are the kind of themes that he touches on throughout a lot of his projects and that mm-hmm. they're all what is happiness what's going to create happiness and tackle some very big ideas yeah and this is the difference i think between kendrick and cole too because i think cole is really good at taking large ideas and making them very simple and making yes. them easy to grasp and easy to understand after i'm done with this kendrick album it's he takes these ideas and doesn't necessarily make them simple, but makes you think about them in Mm -hmm. directions that I really haven't personally thought about them anymore. And that's really all I can ask from an artist, I think, if they can make music and A, I can learn about them and learn about their experience, but I can also sit back and ask myself about my life and do a self-evaluation that way. I think that's equally as important. So absolutely, yeah, and that's the kind of track that just makes you sit back and go, "Whoa, what did I? What oh did I just hear?" Goodness, yeah, <laughs> it, it's definitely one of those. And Money Trees, like I said, uh, or I, I might have said this before we started recording, but it and so these songs they have layers. It's like okay, the bass layer, like just rhythmically, this sounds very good. Poetic justice, this sounds yeah. very good. But when you dive into the lyrics and you dive into what it's actually trying to tackle, you're like, oh my, there's a whole nother like side to the song. You know, it's two sides of the same coin, but very different, very, very different what you can take from the song and the interpretations you can have. If you go to the comment sections 
on you know on YouTube for a lot of these songs. It's like a it's like a a debate club down there as to oh how do you interpret this line? Well, I interpreted it this way. I thought about it this way. You know, over and over and over again, everyone kind of taking little things from this album. Very very interesting. Um, and similar to Forest Hills Drive, very similar as well because there is some ambiguity I think in both of these of like okay, well this is what I think, but I'm gonna leave it to your interpretation and you can you know draw your own conclusion somewhat, which is very dope. Um, so I'm going to continue with uh, Tale of Two Cities. Excellent. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. it's it's excellent. Um, it's just like how it sounds. Um, I think it's refer- uh, referencing the Edgar Allan Poe um, poem from like way, way back when. Um, I think that had to do with like the French Revolution. But this has to do with uh, Fayetteville and, you know, two different sides of it. You know, the the person who is trying to pursue their dreams trying to get better trying to do better and the hook basically illustrates it it's like okay they caught him at the light hands up run it they have to take his watch then you switch you switch to the the next verse and you realize the person who robbed the person in the first verse is the person who's singing the second verse and it's crazy, crazy. It, it, it was just such a great twist to it um and i think that more complex kind of storytelling and complex structure for a song is what you saw a lot on good kid mad city and then j cole's force hill drive you get it in sprinkles right he doesn't do stuff like that on every single song whereas it kendrick it feels like he does um with some ironic twist some dynamic um structure for the song that makes it like oh my goodness i didn't see it going that way at all like that escalated quickly um (laughs) <laughs> right um and it is it's just a really good song and it just discusses the dichotomy of two different lives that can be lived in the exact same place um and in a way it almost feels like it's the same person too like this person it's it they were initially looking up to to this lifestyle a more positive lifestyle of you know a, a nice car um you know a fancy house to stay in et cetera, et cetera. and then it devolved into you know doing stick-ups at red lights to to make ends meet, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Um, and that's, you know, and this is one of the pockets where J Cole kind of discusses something that's a little bit darker and a little bit more grungier and, and talks about that side of Fayetteville as well. Like I said, which is there for sure. Um, but in this song, he just makes it painfully prevalent of just how split it can, how split it can be, which is, it's, it's really interesting. Um, and I think there's a song on, um, I, I want to say, I want to say sing about me I'm I'm dying of thirst is probably the the a good compare a good comparison for this album or this song specifically because you also get the transition of um basically seeing the other side like how and it it calls back which is really cool it calls back to section 80 um for Keisha's song and then then on sing about me of dying of thirst it's you know her sister or a friend of hers talking like how could you do that how could you say that to it and so it just shows you that like Kendrick's opinion on things isn't necessarily the end-all be-all like he'll show that to you but it's also the other side of these people are like why are you telling my story I'm not a victim I'm not anything I enjoy my circumstances I like what I'm living through Uh, I'm like what I'm doing etc etc um and and that's kind of I I feel like there's a parallel there somewhere between you know the 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 one side of the story that's you know uh, that you want to believe in and that you want to think is possible and then the other side of it that is a lot more complicated and a lot more real um and I think the same parallel can be drawn between no role models and sing about me I'm dying of thirst as well it's it's very poignant very very poignant but that's 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 my um my, my piece for now tale of two cities Amazing, amazing song. Great, yeah. great production on this too. Amazing production. Talk about no role models though, real quick, because I'm gonna de- I'm gonna brief because I think you did a great job of illustrating "Sing About Me." Hey, I'm dying of thirst. No, and that's the track that I'm gonna briefly touch on next. Because honestly, we could do a whole yes. four podcast series yes. on that track alone. But what do you think about no role models and how that contrasts with "Sing About Me"? It's 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 excellent. It's it's an excellent contrast because it's so it. it it starts off very different, I'll say, yes. because it's just like the situations that got them to similar conclusions are very different, right? For Cole, it's picturing this, you know, Hollywood lifestyle and it's it's picturing all these things that he was kind of looking up to and understanding that these people that he's looking up to aren't really who they say they are and they don't know what the heck they're doing anyway. Um, you know, they're, they're fake people in the first place and it's like, why 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 was this a role model for myself and why don't they have anyone that they're looking up to that's a little bit better as well um and that same kind of i guess sadness um can be attributed to the people um in in sing about me because it's like you know it has it has dave's brother who 
his his brother just died. He got killed. You know, and you understand that point of view and you understand that perspective. But, you know, this is just a self-destructive behavior and you just know it's not going to end well anyway. So it's just like you're, you're just seeing you're, you're just seeing the, the downward spiral for um, the, these two um well, in, in Cole's song, he doesn't name them directly. It's kind of just a group of people or a type of yep. people he's talking about. But you're seeing the downfall of, of both of them um, side by side. And then really interestingly, I think, is the fact that um, that don't save her, she doesn't want to be saved line. That's the hook that obviously got repeated and repeated and repeated over and over from this album. And it's very similar in Kendrick's um, Sing About Me. Like these people, they understand what they're going to go through. They understand what they're doing. And that's a willing choice. And if that's the case, then let them do what they want to do. You don't have to be a part of that necessarily. It's their own personal choice to to do that, you know, whatever that is, whether it's killing someone else or prostitution or um, idolizing and living a very plastic fake hollywood empty hollywood life um just really interesting and no world models is a great song sing about me i'm dying of thirst i feel like everyone knows that song by now it's just so rhythmic it's so it's it's just so funky it's it's amazing you know it's, it's it just has a great sound to it um and the message is smash mouth and hard hitting like every other song on that album yeah i'm not gonna go too far into this because i think your description was probably as good as it's going to get especially as far as a comparison goes between the two albums but yeah i just kind of want to add that i think kendrick lamar mm-hmm. does is probably the best at exhibiting uh the human condition and what that actually means and what mm. life actually is and the directions that it actually goes and i think sing about me in particular is kind of an exemplar of kind of real life what what humanity actually is and a lot of these songs create these fake ideas of kind of the human spirit and what it means to actually be real but i think kendrick more than anybody kind of puts you in the position to really understand uh understand what these people are going through and it's interesting that he also tied it to a lot of uh, religious themes as well particularly Mm -hmm. at the end of the track which I didn't really pay attention to kind of going through T- Kendrick's discography the first time, but I think it ties to a lot of themes on Tip of a Butterfly as well as Damn, which had a lot of uh, religious uh, imagery themes. <laughs> yeah, undertones. So it's interesting kind of his perspective on religion and how that can act as a uh, act as a saving grace in the lives of certain people, which people will agree with and people will disagree with. But it's definitely a powerful, a powerful rock to have if that's the rock you choose to uh, cling to in times of darkness. And I think Kendrick does an interesting job illustrating what religion means for for people, for helpless people, and for people in general. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and it's, as I'm looking at this, I'm kind of stuck as to what to to choose next so i'm just going to kind of touch on a few songs really really quick yeah love yours um is a great great song i'm not really sure why uh, a lot of people didn't <laughs> you know like this song but um it's and, and it basically kind of ties it up it's it shows kendrick kendrick it shows j cole's evolution to someone who understands and appreciates what he has and even though he's on this this path to hollywood he's on this path to being a b-list celebrity and whatever whatever he's not going to forget the lessons that you know Fayetteville taught him and it's he's not going to forget his roots basically um very cool apparently uh, a lot of people broke this down to um because obviously he was talking about his mom in this one great track. um great track great great track um but a lot of people bro- broke it down and it was saying well if you look at it it's supposed to be a parent ly like a parent i love you which is really cool i never even thought about it that way i could see it like j cole is definitely the type to do some jedi mind tricks type stuff like that that's crazy um, but as you would think, you know, it's just him appreciating his mother, all the things that she did for them growing up. Now she can relax. Now I'm finally the person that I wanted to be, um, not the person that maybe I thought I should be when I was younger in terms of, you know, someone who's very flashy and, and getting everything that he wants. But I'm a man now. I'm a better person um, because of the experiences I had and because of the things that I've learned, which many of which he discusses on this album. Um, and then obviously GOMD, another anthem from this album, which was very, very popular. And it's just Kendrick kind of talking his S-H-I-T, to be honest with you. You know, just he he's glad that he's not the people that he sees. He's glad that he's not following everybody else. And he's glad that he's not falling into the same pitfalls that other people are. 
Um, and if you want to do that, then leave me alone, right? <laughs> like, I don't want to be associated with that. Um, and like, like I said, this is a, it's an amazing project. Like, hands down, it's one of the best projects I've personally ever listened to, rap-wise. Um, but as I, as I said to, to Alex before we started, Good Kid, Mad City, it just takes it to... It takes it to another level. I mean, even the sequencing. I think this was. I, I think um, Forest Hills Drive didn't do it directly in terms of like, oh, like a song's ending would be the beginning for you know the next song or anything like that. But very well sequenced um, in terms of the storytelling. Um, you know, from very youth to you know starting to change the mindset to okay, I understand where I need to go, and he's on the upswing. I, but I mean, Kendrick's it's it, it's crazy. You know, like. Uh, the the beginning or the the ending to what made Backstreet Freestyle the the beginning to Good Kid the end to Mad City it's just like over and over sing about me I'm dying of thirst um you know the the intertwining of you know phone calls and recordings and things like that of people who were um very close to Cole or very close to Kendrick and how they played a role in this album I mean even the album art is crazy when you look at it everyone else's eyes are blacked out except Kendrick's as a baby you know they're not seeing everything that's going on but the young impressionable child is and he's taking it all in it's just so oh man it's just so poignant right it's it's just so poignant and I think the points made in this album you know it was some of them were a little bit more complex and kind of tough to understand but when you understand it it's just like mind blown right like it's crazy um so overall even though i think these two albums stack up great against each other in terms of the the messaging and parallels and whatnot i have to get it i have to give it to good kid like i i don't see how you, you cannot to be honest i don't understand why this album didn't receive every single award that it could have gotten when it came out really don't get that one i think they gave it to like macklemore or something Iced. Uh, I, I don't understand that but um yeah this this album is a masterpiece easily one of the best I'm, I'm just talking about music overall now like that's how much it transcends easily one of the best albums i've ever heard ever <laughs> you know and that's i don't think that's going to change this this album is going to forever be because these themes are not going to stop right like police brutality like gang affiliation drug use all these things are going to keep going um and it's it, this album will always be relevant always yeah i couldn't agree more this is an album that I would have liked to be able to speak, I think, better on today, but I ran into a couple of challenges last night in that I haven't listened to it in a while, and with fresh ears after not listening to a project like this after, I think, five years, I came away confused, mm -hmm. wanting to know more, wanting to understand get, This more. is the type where you have to listen to the song, read the genius right after, listen to the song again type of deal, and you're yes. like, oh my goodness, because that's what I did. And a lot of the stuff you're not going to pick up on if you're just listening to it. Like, I mean, the the you're not going to pick up on like the subtleties, the contrasting, you know, um, the the way he puts certain line, lines lines in, in places to really mean something. Like, you really have to break down and listen to this album in its entirety, and yes. also it each song individually to really get it. It's it's dense, and that's the thing that we were talking it's about. Dense. Like. When I um when I initially listened to this, I did not get all this out of the album. I did not understand all this for sure. But it's like now that I do, it's like it's crazy. And that's why I think J. Cole's is is ones that's an album that's a lot more palatable, I think, in a way that you can kind of understand a little bit more just at a lower level. Like it's it, you can listen to this album once and be like, OK, I, I kind of get what he's talking about. Whereas Good Kid, Mad City, it might be your 10th listen that you really understand what is, you're talking about. It might be after you read, you know, an interview. It might be after you read the genius lyrics, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like that's an amazing thing. Like that's what almost that's the beauty of it almost that it's not easily interpretable. So, yes, I couldn't once again, could not agree more. I think the listen I did last night was almost a sonic appreciation more exactly. than anything yep. else. Which That first listen is always just the sound. Yeah, which in and of itself, this is one of the most it's amazing. In <laughs> intricate, well-put-together albums I've ever listened to in my life. But the problem with that is it does, was insane. It's incredible. But it For doesn't, 2012, it's insane. It just doesn't do justice to what he's saying, though. Because even no. radio-friendly, radio-friendly tracks like uh, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe and Swimming Pools, they sound really good even on the surface. But then when you start sitting down, and I did a quick oh, glance, a and it's... It's insane, and that's the thing about a project like this. And like you said, this is a 20-listen type of album, yeah. and you're still going to be learning more after the 20th listen. So uh, shout-out to Kendrick because shout out to Kendrick, I man. think – Yeah, I came in 
very ready to solely stan j cole <laughs> and then after one listen i don't want to say there's levels to this shit but there are levels, levels to this shit there is levels man um yeah and like we and as you know from as as the listeners should know from listening to this podcast we are huge j cole fans like he's probably my favorite artist right now but like it's it's like the michael jordan effect like even though Mike, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, LeBron James, KD are all these great players. It's like he's still just that much better, right? MJ's just that much better. And it's crazy yeah. because those other options are amazing. 2014 Forest Hills Drive is amazing. Section 80 is amazing. You know, all these other albums are amazing. But it's just like none of them quite reach this this level. I'm not sure if Kendrick can make something like this again if he tried. <laughs> you know, like this is no. he might have just captured lightning <laughs> in a bottle with this one. I mean, I have to go and listen to to pimp a blood to pimp a butterfly with a little bit more depth because I feel like I only went through that sonically. Um but I have to get through that whole whole thing. But I don't know. I, I don't think I'm not I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean I, I reserve my judgment it's right now, tough. but it's just like it's 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 tough. It, it's gonna be tough to top this. And and that's his second his sophomore project is his best project. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But yeah, that's uh that's that's kind of our breakdown, our analysis of, of both these projects. Listen to them both for sure. Listen to both these artists. I mean aside I mean, Born Sinner's an amazing an amazing project for your eyes only. We already know how we feel about KOD. I think that album is also excellent. Can't wait for the follow off to come out. Um Kendrick, of course, damn was super successful. Um To Pimp a Butterfly was amazing. This album's amazing. Section eighty, overly dedicated if you want to go back and listen to I think that was like an E P or a mixtape. Definitely check that out too. These artists are they're on a whole new level, honestly. And it's that's why it makes it tough to listen to like the artists that are coming out today because it's like like i don't like who's the kendrick of you know the past like five years like i don't know like i'm not sure if we maybe no (laughs) like jit i think sonically like like okay but uh, lyrically he's got a ways to go all right he's got a ways to go because i'm trying to think how kendrick was maybe like in his mid-20s when he made this yeah i I would say 29 right now 29 i don't know i don't know i'm not sure it's it's artists like this and albums like this don't come around often you know that's that's just a fact and we're talking about a top five artist yeah so i guess to be fair but it's like (laughs) the same thing with the the detroit 2 album like listening to this and detroit 2 in the same week it's not fair it's just not fair because it's just it's so much better it it doesn't even hold a candle to it like if this is i'm running out of words to say just listen to the album listen to the album it's amazing um, and if you don't get it, listen to it again. If you yeah. don't get it still, listen to it again. Because trust me, it's there. You just have to pick up on it. Purely um, from a uh, from an empathy perspective as well. And I think kind of to, to uh, intertwine all of the uh, previous podcast topics together here. I don't. Oh, I don't. Th- I don't think there's a there's really a better piece of art you can listen to if you're trying no. to if you're trying to understand experience that is different than yours and gain empathy for experience that is different than yours as well because kendrick will put you in the position of somebody to understand and you can and you can live their life through him and i don't think there's a better way to really to really understand something other than that talk about really walking in somebody's shoes for an hour and some change or however long this project an was. hour and a half or something but, yeah yeah it's and that's so true you can only really understand when you see it from the perspective of someone else but obviously we can't do that but music is one of the ways where you can pseudo do it right like yes. you can understand the mindset you can understand the events the occurrences and you make up your own mind like was Shireen just a terrible person who was trying to play kendrick into her clutches and and get him you know beat up or robbed or whatever or was she a prisoner of the the, the same thing he was like That's wanting to, to build? I mean, yeah, wanting to build a genuine relationship, wow. wanting to actually love someone, but always being pulled back into gang violence and uh, her familial connections and what they're associated with. And she can't even, you know, kind of build and form a relationship was, um, you know, Dave um, wanting to kill his killer or kill his brother's killer wrong. Or is he justified? Is that a good thing? Um, you know, it's just all these questions you can ask, you know, yeah. is is Kendrick being, um, you know, 
pompous and is is he being a little bit you know um two-faced i guess in a way by looking at his city with this type of disdain when he willingly did those things um but you know it's 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 all those type of it's all those type of things you can debate it's all those type of discussions you can have and it makes for a great album um you know that that's going to live on forever basically because it's always going to be some different way to take it and interpret it it's it's like i said it's like a movie it's, it really is like a yeah. movie no um, kind of like we talked about earlier i don't think there's a better artist that talks about the human condition than Kendrick Lamar and the no. complexity of people and how they operate and interact with one another. I don't think there's anybody that does it that does it better than him. Not like my man Kendrick. Um so yeah, that's the do you even want to go into the society in general discuss? Yeah, I'm not feeling it either. Um we didn't have much to talk about. We were just gonna talk about the Trump tapes to be honest and that whole debacle. Do you want to say a quick word on that and we'll we'll wrap this up? Because I feel like that was just a, <laughs> it was a great way to end it off with those um those two projects. Yeah, I mean I don't have I don't have much to say on uh Trump, Trump is a be, terrible person. Yeah, I was gonna say if you haven't listened, go back, listen to what he says. I think <sighs> Trump basically I don't wanna say in the trump did the equivalent of what i would i don't want to say murder i don't know if that's that's fine but he basically <laughs> he told he told people to do something that he knew damn well would adversely affect their health and mm-hmm. adversely affect uh the health of people that they loved yep. and the thing about trump is he he's the smartest idiot is what i would say the ruler mm-hmm. of uh the ruler of these MAGA minions who listen to every last word that he says. And he knows too, which is the thing. It's not like he has this, this false idea that, that, uh, that these people aren't going to eat, breathe and die by every word that he says. So, and it's just incredible to me that somebody would knowingly kill a bunch of people for the name and sake of political gain and trying to win an election. So I guess that is how I would like to, uh, how I'd like, would like to end it. Trump basically gave the, his supporters a poison apple and said, eat it knowing that it was poisoned and is gonna, is gonna live the rest of his life. So, and hopefully that, that very, um, harrowing message forces you and, and prompts you to go listen to because i haven't listened to it myself and i can i more or less know the content and what we're talking about is obviously coronavirus and yeah that whole, sorry about whole that thing. probably should have said that <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing that we're currently all going through of that like he understood how dangerous it was he understood how many people it could kill but still you know came out yes. publicly with a very different yeah. approach and whether it was from a damage control perspective or whether it was from a political venture to, you know, expose our country to this and then maybe use that to his own advantage. Who knows? Either either yeah. way, it was it was the wrong way to do it. And as a leader, it, it, it just I mean, it's kind of indicative of his whole presidency, like, yeah, throwing other people under the bus for your own personal gain. Um, and transparency, yeah. yeah. Sorry about Turn, that, but transparency is the only way to uh, to lead effectively. And he's going to try to play this off by saying, uh, "Of course, he, I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. I wanted to try to create a sense of calm in the country." This is the man that has been politicizing a massive caravan coming from South America and Mexico that's coming here to kill your wives, take your children, and take your jobs. So, if anybody's trying to not incite panic. <laughs> I don't think uh, Donald don't Trump think that's is the, the way one to, do to play it. that card. So. No, no, not with the us versus them kind of mentality and uh, political stance that he's, he's so taken. Trash. That would be an interesting yeah. thing to to talk about next episode as well of how he's woven that whole story. And I mean, I, that harkens back to I mean, like old school politics and old school, you know, um, propaganda of we have to stop them before they get us type of thing. You know, it's either us or them. Um, I mean, I feel like that's like you know. 1940s you know some serious fascism type stuff yeah like this is this is this is old school like we're 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 bringing it back um and it still works because the the human condition and the human mentality is not changing we don't learn from our mistakes unfortunately so yeah that's that's basically the trump tapes in a nutshell that's all we really want to talk about on that um side of the podcast we'll we'll have a longer segment um next week but i think the music segment more than more than made up for that is there anything else you want to say before we get out of here We're, we're right on time too about an hour no, I want to uh, I want to shout out Dimitri because I thought I thought yeah I want to shout out my podcast co-host because I thought Gang. his takes today were I don't know 
just very good, very insightful. And this this came from listening to these albums and reading about these albums in the yeah. dark for like two hours. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it trust me, it didn't come on one yeah. listen. Like just for you guys out there, I don't think anyone can listen to this once and be like, I get it. Like, no, you can't. You, yeah. Like, you can't. I got a little taste pre-production, but during the, I don't know, during the, I just appreciated uh, what you had to hear and it was really good. And <laughs> I learned a lot today. Hey, <laughs> just sitting on the other side of the screen. <laughs> we break down the music. Hopefully it was, it was valuable for you guys too. Hopefully you, like I said, check out both these projects, check out some of the amazing artists that are out there right now. Like don't subject yourself to these people who are actually terrible. Like, once you train your ear to be listening for music like this, tr everything else just sounds trash in comparison. You know, that's why that's why Detroit 2 is a 5. Like this is this is why. This is why because a 10 sounds like this. <laughs> you know, so it just um by proxy it pushes everything else down. Um and you got to be on your game if you're really about to to say that you're the best in the game right now or that you're the king. Like dude, come on. Stop it stop it um but anyway that's gonna be the transition episode 26 thank you guys for listening make sure you give us a five star rating on apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening to this on next week we out peace